0: me tonight to the book of Exodus chapter 4. Book of Exodus chapter 4, beginning at verse 1. There's nothing like living for God. There is no better life. So there is no better life. Doesn't get any better than this. We just keep growing and we keep moving in deeper. And the kingdom just keeps getting better and better and better. Verse 1 of chapter 4. And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice. For they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. And the Lord said unto him, What is in your hand? And he said, a rod. And God said, cast it on the ground. And He cast it on the ground. And it became a serpent. And Moses fled from before it. that will preach a preacher in a minute. And the Lord said unto Moses, put forth your hand and take it by the tail. And He put forth His hand and He caught it. And it became a rod in His hand that they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Isaac, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, hath appeared unto thee. We're going to preach tonight with the help of the Holy Ghost and your help. What is in your hand? ¿Qué tienes en la mano? What is in your hand? ¿Qué tienes en la mano? Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you for all that you have done. We thank you for your your sweet, powerful presence that is here tonight. God, I pray that you would continue to move in every heart and every mind and in every life. God, I want you to work in my heart, in my mind, in my life tonight. God, I want you to take me deeper. I want you to take me higher. I want you to take me further tonight. I want you to help me grow tonight, God. So I pray, Lord, that there would be a a powerful spirit of revelation that is in this building tonight. God, we want you to move. We want you to work. And we're going to let you do it. In the name of Jesus, why don't you give God a hand clap of praise. You may be seated. ¿Qué tienes en la mano? What is in your hand? The background of our opening scripture, el transfondo de nuestra escritura inicial, is that the people of God have been slaves. Es que el pueblo de Dios ha sido esclavo. They've been slaves for more than 400 years. Desde hace más de 400 años. They came into Egypt and they were blessed at first. Y a Egipto y fueron bendecidos al principio. But there arose a leader who became afraid of them. Pero Zorghigo. Un leader que les tuvo miedo. Because they were growing rapidly. Porque ellos estaban creciendo rapidamente. So he made them slaves. Entonces los hizo esclavos. But as they were in their slavery, these people who had a call of God upon their lives began to pray. Pero la gente comienzo a orar cuando on eran esclavos. So we see God begin to work. We watch God begin to move. And truly, we don't, we, we we barely scratch the surface at how powerful God is. We just barely scratch the surface at just how in control God is. God begins to hear the prayer of the Hebrew people who are not even a nation yet. And He begins to hear the cry. He begins to hear them pray. He begins to hear the prayers of slaves. And so God puts a marriage together. Entonces Dios organiza un matrimonio para que naciera un bebé. He puts a marriage together so a baby would be born. That's how in control God is. I've been thinking about it this afternoon. I've been debating whether to even say this out loud for fear of people thinking that pastor has absolutely lost his mind. But let me just go ahead and tell you tonight what I believe, how much God is in control. I believe we read it this morning in the book of Jeremiah when he's calling Jeremiah. And Jeremiah said, God, I can't even talk. I'm, I'm just a child. But he said, Jeremiah, before you were ever even in your mother's womb, I already knew you. Jeremiah, before you were ever conceived, I called you. And God said, I was so in control and I am so so powerful and I am so all-knowing and all-powerful and all-present that I knew I would need a man. So I made that man fall in love with that woman because I knew you before they were ever together. And we just think it was love. What's love got to do with it? What is love? It's more than, baby, don't hurt. I think God is really that in control. Okay, I'm getting ready to take it a step further. Now, this is the part you got to. That's why every life, Every life that is created has a call. Every life. I don't, I don't say that tonight to, to pull baggage out for anybody. Please understand that. But we have to understand how powerful God is. He said, I heard the cries, I heard the prayers of a slaved people. I heard the people pray. And so he puts a marriage together so a baby would be born. And this baby's name would be Moses. Cuyo nombre si sierra Moises. In Exodus chapter two and verses one and two, we read it. It says, And there went a man of the house of Levi, and he took to wife a daughter of Levi, and the woman conceived and bare a son. It was not the oldest child. That was Miriam. It wasn't the second oldest. That was Aaron. It wasn't, But uh, it wasn't the first two. But then there's Moses, and he said, I, I, I've heard the cries of my people, and so I'm going to use Miriam. Because I'm going to need a worship leader. So I'm bringing these two these two Levites together. I'm bringing this man and this woman together. Because they, there's something about them. Amram and Jochebed, there's something about them. They are going to teach their children. Their children are going to know what it is to worship God. Their, and from their children, it's going to become the example of Pentecostal worship. As Israel crosses the Red Sea. And Miriam starts singing and dancing with her tambourine. It's an example of Pentecostal worship. Let me tell you what else Pentecostal worship does. Pentecostal worship camps out on the riverbank watching over the babies. You know what Pentecostal worship does? Pentecostal worship creates a safe environment for babies to grow. That keeps the alligators and the crocodiles and the piranhas from the Nile River away from the new converts. That's why we can never afford to lose an apostolic Pentecostal environment. Let me tell you what else came from this this lineage, this marriage. Aaron would become the high priest, first high priest of Israel. Things happen when God puts people together. God puts people together because he needs some things done. Ask Elkanah and Hannah. She said, God, you need a man. I need a baby. That's how in control God is. The Bible says that God shut up her womb. Because, sweetheart, it's going to drive you to pray like you've never prayed before. And instead of just getting frustrated with the process, Hannah said, I'm going to the church house instead instead of getting weary in well-doing i don't know why penina his other wife gets all the blessings i don't know why this i don't know why that Hannah, what do you have in your hand i got a prayer life in my hand that's what i have and god said i'll use that he said i'll use that you're right hannah you do need a son, and I need a man. So that Moses is born out of this relationship from a couple who we would later find to be named Amram in Jochebed. Verse 2, the woman conceived and bare a son, and when she saw him that he was a goodly child, a proper child, she saw the hand of God is on my boy. She hid him for three months. Why'd she hide him? Let's go to Sunday school for a moment. She hid him because Pharaoh he said the Israelites are, are growing too rapidly. And so he instructed the midwives. the Egyptian midwives who were delivering Hebrew babies. And Hebrew midwives who were delivering Hebrew babies. He said, when they're delivered and you discover their gender, I'm being good. I'm sorry. Hey, When they are born and you discover their gender, you don't have to ask them. You'll just know. If it's a girl, you can save her. But if it's a boy, throw them in the Nile. Egypt has always been symbolic of the world. And the world wants your children. Okay. I'm moving on. Moving on. Being good. In Jesus' name. And so, when I'm sorry, he didn't tell them to throw them in the eye. He said, You just kill them right there. You tell them that they were stillborn. And it's not happening, and Pharaoh is getting reports back. He's asking, well, how many, how many babies have we murdered today? Uh, Sorry, king, there's been none. Well, why? He said, well, because the Hebrew women aren't like Egyptian women. <laughs> you don't say. But he goes on and he said, well, what do you mean? And the midwife said, they're not weak. Like Egyptian women are. Young young lady, let me just go ahead and tell you. I know what the world is trying to get you to, to buy into. But you're not weak because you live for God. Hear what pastor's preaching to you right now. You're not weak because you live for God. You're stronger than any young lady in the world. You're stronger than any woman of the world because you were created in the image of God and because you're living in the image of God. And let me just, while we're riding this train, let me pump the gas just a couple more times. That also tells me that the church of the living God is not like the churches of the world. was at a location, an unspecified location off of Crescent Avenue in Fort Wayne called Unity Spiritual Center. I'm sorry, unspecified. I was told it was a church. And Brother George, I pulled into the driveway and it kind of sits back off the road a bit. I mean, that's a busy area, Crescent Coliseum. It's busy. And I was thinking, man, this is probably a really pretty property. I pulled in, and the trees and the weeds are growing up over the driveway. Parking lot's cracked. Listen, I know things happen. Trust me. But then it struck me when I drove by the sign, it didn't say church, it said spiritual center. Let me just tell you, it was a spiritual center, all right. I walked in after I had done some talking on the outside. First of all, I saw some bumper stickers in the parking lot, and I just knew. This is not my kind of church. And I walked in, and I was being myself, I was being a little loud. They were being a little loud too. They said, oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. we got to keep it down. They're doing yoga in the sanctuary. Yes, I am serious. In the sanctuary. And I'm not talking like exercise yoga. I mean, that exercise yoga will kick your tail and take names. I'm talking, they were sitting in a circle, Brother Ashton, a bunch of old women Okay, this ain't my my kind of place. My Holy Ghost was, I'm not happy. And I walk by and those old ladies are kind of opening their eyes like, who is he? What is going on? Yeah, you best believe it, honey. I ain't joining yoga. I'm just here to measure a patio. But I'm telling you right now, my Holy Ghost antennas are on fire. I see a little circle and it's got... The yin-yang symbol and peace symbols and coexist symbols all the way around it. Let me just tell you, by the end of the conversation, by the time I had given them a ballpark price, they said, well, you know, we're still trying to recover from COVID. I'm sorry, I thought that ended like three years ago. They said, well, you know, attendance is down. country I'm just going to tell you Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women the church of the living God is not like the church of the world don't you be afraid to take a stand and say hey I really hate to quote a country song in the pulpit but you've got to stand for something or you'll fall Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. We preach holiness. We preach standards of holiness. We preach you gotta come out from among them and be separate. saith the Lord, I might be in the world, but I'm not of the world. And I'm telling you, it does something to strengthen the body. Mm -hmm. Jesus, I gotta hurry. Not like like the Egyptian women. By the time we get there, the babies are already born. There's there's no way that we can hide it. So Pharaoh said, okay, we're going to take take this thing to the next level. Any any male child that's found that is three years old and younger, take them from their home, throw them in the river. And so, Moses' mother, Sees he's a goodly child. How old's Liam? I just made it. I mean, to think about that, it's the world. God said, I need a man. She said, and I want to save my baby. She hid him for three months until she couldn't hide him anymore. And we know that Moses was found by the princess of Egypt. Sabemos que Moisés fue encontrado por la princesa de Egipto. He was raised in the house of the king. He fue criado en la casa del rey. In Exodus chapter 2, and verse 11, it says, and it came to pass. We've, we've now moved forward 40 years. In one chapter, 40 years. came to pass in those days when Moses was grown, that he went out in, unto his brethren. And he looked on their burdens, and he spied an Egyptian smiting in Hebrew. One of his brethren. And he looked this way, and he looked that way. And when he saw that there was no man, he slew the Egyptian, and he buried him in the sand. The book of Hebrews gives us further insight. Libro de Hebreos nos de más información. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 23, it says, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents, because they saw that he was a proper child, and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. Parents, don't you be afraid to teach your kids what's right and what's wrong. Don't you back down because of what the world says. Don't you back down because of what the education system says. Don't you back down because of what popular culture says. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. However, we understand tonight that Moses chose to act out the mission. Moises decidió llevar a cabo la misión before God had given him the vision. Antes de que Dios le hubiera dado la visión. And before he heard the call of God. Y antes de haber escuchado El llamado de Dios. Let me preach to you tonight that getting things in the proper order matters. Dejame predicarte esta noche. Ese orden importa. Ese orden importa. Alignment matters. Ese orden importa. You don't want to get ahead of God. No quieres adelantarte a Dios. Because of his actions. Debido a sus acciones. Moses had to run. And Moses had to hide. Moises tuvo que correr y esconderse. We find him in the very next chapter. After some time has passed. Another 40 years. And El Proximo Capitulo, Exodus 3, verses 1 through 5. There's a lot of history that happens here in Exodus 2 and 3. Read it on your own. It's enlightening. Moses kept the, f- the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert. and He came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. Moses said, I'm now going to turn aside and see this great sight. Why the bush is not burned? When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. He said, Don't come any closer. Take your shoes off. You're standing on holy ground. It is at this time, it's in este momento, after 40 years, después de 40 años, that Moses receives the call from God to deliver Israel. Que Moisés recibe el llamado de Dios para liberar a Israel. In Exodus chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me. Now he's hearing the call of God that he had not yet experienced. It was in his heart. It was in his heart, but he hadn't received the call. He got things out of order. You see, the call of God comes something like this. You have to have a vision of God. Or God's vision... You have to have a vision of the mission, but you also have to have a vision of self. And the vision of God always comes in a way that kind of makes me, ah, God, that's a really big. I don't think I'm qualified to do that. I don't think I'm qualified, God, they're not gonna believe me. They're not going to listen to me. They're going to say, God's not appeared to you. God's not spoken to you. Moses, you've been out in the desert for 40 years, man. The sun has gotten to your brain. But the Lord said unto him, Moses, what's in your hand? And Moses said, I've got a rod. You see, tonight, folks, God did not try to argue with Moses. Dios no intento discruten discuter can moises he just asked him what he had in his hand solo la pregunta la pregunto que tenia en la mano he had the tool of his trade in his hand tenia la armati hormantienda de su oficio it was a shepherd's rod that he had in his hand una vara de pastor en la mano And God said to him, Moses, throw it on the ground. And he cast it to the ground, and it became a serpent. Wouldn't that be something to see? I hate snakes. Whoa. I mean, object lessons are cool, God, but whoo. It starts slithering across the ground. Moses runs from it. I was hesitant before God about your call, but now I'm running from it. God, I don't, I just, whoa, dude, that just freaked me out, man. I am not up for that. And God tells him, Moses, go pick it back up. And when he grabs it by the tail, he wasn't getting anywhere near that head. Uh, Miracle or not, that miracle can bite. And he picks it up and it turns back into a rod in his hand. Listen, folks, this is more than Sunday school fairy tale. This is how great and big and powerful our God is. He had the tool of his trade in his hand. You see Moses learned to be a shepherd in the wilderness. Moses aprendió a ser pastor en el desierto. God said, "I'm going to use what you've learned in the wilderness." Dios dijo, voy a usar lo que has aprendido en el desierto. He used what Moses already had in his hand. Usó lo que Moisés ya tenía en su mano. I want to encourage somebody tonight who's walked through the wilderness. Esta noche quiero animar a alguien que ha caminado por el desierto cierto, God can and God will and God desires to use what you already have. Dios puede y quiere usar lo que ya te tienes. He wants to use those experiences for his glory. Él quiere usar esas experiencias para su gloria. What do you have in your hand? I got a rod. I've got the experience of my last forty years. Just tell you, God. Wants to use what you have in your hand. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and ask them, "Hey, what's in your hand?" Que en la mano? What's in your hand? I know that life has brought you some things, and I know that that it's not all been pleasant. Lord knows. You've cried yourself to sleep more than once. And Moses. I'm getting ahead of myself. God used Moses' parents. Even when they were in their slavery. He did not call Moses. From Pharaoh's courts. No, llamó a Moses. De los atrios del Pharaoh. He called Moses from a wilderness. Llamó a Moisés desde el desierto. Perhaps he needed to use the wilderness to fix the temper that Moses had. necesitaba usar el desierto para arreglar el temperamento de Moisés. In the book of Moses, I'm sorry, in the book of Numbers, Moses was called Numbers chapter 12 and verse 3. en el libro de Numeros fue llamado. Mind you, Moses had an anger problem. Moses had an anger problem when he was in Egypt. Killed a man out of anger. But in Numbers chapter 12 and verse 3 it says, Now the man Moses was very meek. He didn't have a temper anymore. You know, Moses went into the wilderness a murderer. Entró en el desierto un asesino. But he came out of the wilderness the meekest man on earth. Pero resulto ser el hombre más manso del mundo. Moses had to lay some things down in the wilderness. Moses tuvo que dejar cosas en el desierto. But he also picked some things up. Pero también aprendió algunas cosas. He picked up the call of God. Reco- Recogió el llamado de Dios. He picked up the rod that God would use to build faith. Tomó la vera que Dios usaría para edificar la fe. The rod of Moses would be used in Egypt to build faith in the Hebrew people. La vara de Moisés se usaría en Egipto para fortalecer la fe en los hebreos. But also in the Egyptians would it build faith. Pero también en los egipcios. It would be used to show them God's power. Y sería usado para mostrarles el poder de Dios. And years later, we find Moses still holding the rod. Años más tarde, Encontramos a Moisés todavía la so lavar. Exodus chapter 17. Verse 8. There's so much to preach here. Then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rephidim. Israel's now fighting an enemy. Israel está... Luchando contra un enemigo. The Amalekites, believe it or not, were descendants of Esau. One of his wives. Los Alamacitas eran descendientes de Esau. They were a tribe of Bedouin sheep farmers lived in the desert, wandering around, sheep farmers. Erran, un tribu de criadores de ovejas del desierto. And they were the type of people who would attack their enemy from the back. Really brave. I mean, if we were talking about the western United States, we'd, we'd call them back shooters. A bunch of back shooters. Yellow bellies. Trying to get the drop on somebody. And they would come in and they would attack from the back of the crowd. Atasarian a los que estaban detrás de la multitud. They would attack those who were weak and sick. Those who were in the back. Those that were straggling. Los que eran de y enfermos. Those who were not as strong as the rest of the crowd. Los que no eran tan fuertes como el resto. They were like the predator who attacks the flock. Irán como el depredor. Que el rebaño. Moses said to Joshua, choose us out men and go and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow, I'm going to stand on the top of the hill. Listen to the language. With the rod of God in my hand. You know, before, it used to be called the rod of Moses. Solía ser llamada la vara de Moises. Now it's being called the rod of God. Pero ahora se le llama vara de Dios. Used to just be the tool of Moses' trade. Used to just be what Moses picked up in the wilderness when he was learning how to be a shepherd. God said, Moses, look at what you got in your hand. He said, What is it? It's a rod, that's all I got. Just a stick, something to keep me stable, something to help me pull sheep out, something to help me defend off the predators predators of who the predators of the flock and now we've got Amalek the Amalekites bearing down and it's like they've studied the enemies of their own flocks and that's what they're doing they see how the wolves and the cougars and the coyotes come in and they they tear at those who are weaker and now they've taken on the, the very attributes of the predators of their own flock Moses what do you have in your hand I still have that rod and now, Moses, you're a shepherd over God's flock. But now it's no longer your your rod, Moses. Now it's being identified as the very rod of God. I come to let somebody know that you might have walked in the doors tonight with brokenness in your hand. But if you'll let God use it, you've got what it takes to win. You've got what it takes in your very hand. Somewhere along the way. Somewhere along the way. It took 40 years for Moses to be willing to use what he had in his hand. He was in the wilderness for 40 years. It's not been 40 years. Moses is still alive. Joshua is still alive. Somewhere in there it's transition from just being the rod of Moses No, it's the rod of God. And I can hear God saying tonight, I can use what's in your hand. What's in your hand, sir? What's in your hand, ma'am? few weeks ago God told me corporate fast. Here we are on on the other side. And I had some goals in mind. Some things I wanted to see happen on that fast. I said, okay, God. I can't do it. I can't give it. But this is what I've got. I, r- I really do have a love for fasting. You, you just can't tell. I hide it very well. Hide it very well. I said, God... This is what I can do. I can fast. I can pray. God, I want to see Chris get the Holy Ghost in August. And I'm not eating until he gets the Holy Ghost. Thank God he got it in August. That's what I can do. And God said, okay. Brother Chris signed up for fasting. Sister Dawn sign up for fasting. You, you sure I have permission? Okay. We were in a meeting one night before he got the Holy Ghost. Brother Heath, he told me, he said, I know I'm going to get the Holy Ghost. I said, oh, Really? And Sister Dawn's over there saying, yeah, I know he's going to get the Holy Ghost. He said, Pastor, and I'm only telling you this because he gave me permission twice. I just asked him again. A few months ago, he was in jail. He said, Pastor, and I was laying in my cell, and I was asleep. He said, God gave me a dream. And in my dream, I saw myself speaking in tongues. in your hand I just got the ability to fast I have the ability to go without and it's a couple weeks later we were talking about talking about getting married and all that kinds of stuff and talking about dreams and And I love hearing people dream and I love seeing people dream and we were talking about it and brother Chris said you know what I, I, I want to be a machinist again I, but you know I, just in God's time in God's, God's, you said, the money was really good when I did it before but, but God's time so what's Brother Chris have in his hand? Brother Chris has a desire to grow closer to God. Gets up at ungodly hours every morning. thirty, four 4 o'clock in the morning. Do crazy stuff, Brother Isaiah. Like read his Bible. Before work? Are you kidding me? And his ride gets there at 10 after 5 and he's getting up in the, in the wee hours of the morning. The wee hours of the morning. We went to a youth rally on Friday night. We didn't get home until 2 o'clock. We didn't get back to the church until 2 o'clock. We didn't get home until 3 o'clock. I didn't get in bed until 4 o'clock. He'd already been up reading Proverbs. So he said, okay, just in God's time, in God's time, in God's time. I said, Brother Chris, I'm telling you, God can do it. And he was the one that in the month of August, he filled out an application at his current employer. And they said, okay, guess what? Here you are, sir. Here's a machinist position. And we're going to send you back to school. I'm going to tell you what. You wait on God's time. It might be a lot sooner than what you think. If you'll just take what you've got in your hand. And I'm here to tell you tonight, I believe that after September 30th, when we marry, these two are going to be soul winners. They're already doing it. But I'm telling you, we got soul winners right here. We got a soul winner right there. Brother Chase, I'm telling you right now, your brothers are going to be back in church. I feel that let's pray right now in the name of Jesus. God, we believe it right now in the name of Jesus. Tyler is going to be back in church. Tyler's family is going to be in church. Mason's going to be in church. Malachi's going to be in church. Rowan's going to be in church. I believe it right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. In the name of Jesus, because we got some folks that are using what you've got in that head. You want to just lift your hands and speak it right now in faith. God's church is a prevailing church. La iglesia de Dios es una iglesia prevalente. It's a prevailing church. And God is able to use whatever you've got in your hand. Let's stand. I don't know where I'm at my notes. We're going to follow the unction of the Holy Ghost tonight. God's able to take the lemons that life has handed you. Somehow, someway, I'm not quite sure how He does it. You're not quite sure how He does it. But we know that He does it. We know that He's able. We know that He's able to use what's been placed in your hand. To use what you've picked up even in the wilderness. That's why Ashton, Sister Betty, a few weeks ago, when that young person came to you and they said, What do we do about this? You know what they told them? This is what we picked up in the wilderness. You go talk to Pastor. You tell them they either need to go to talk to Pastor or you're going to tell them. Because of what's been placed in the hand even if it's been situations where we didn't want to pick it up. But God is able to use to use what was given to you. Moses, I'm sure We know. Moses married a woman by the name of Jochebed. I'm sorry. It's his mom. Zipporah. Long names. I don't know why she could have been named something easy like Amy. (laughs) Sister Sherry, did you know Zipporah was a black woman? You say, big deal. Well, it's, it's not a big deal now. But in biblical times, for Moses, a Hebrew, to have married outside of Abraham's lineage, that's why Miriam got leprosy. She did. Miriam, the one who watched over his his little ark, starts talking bad about her sister-in-law. You know, Moses, if you hadn't married outside the family, that wouldn't have happened. But let me just tell you, that sweet little Zipporah saved Moses' life. Saved his life. A woman who had had no knowledge, no prior knowledge to Jehovah God. Her father, Jethro, was the priest of Midian. Now, whether they were idolaters and then converted, that's another message for another time. But Moses and Zipporah and their two sons are on their way back to Egypt to go lead the people of Israel out. And they come so far. And Sister Deborah, there's an angel that stands in the middle of the road. And he's got a sword drawn. He's getting ready to kill Moses. Well, that's how's that? Moses had already seen his rod turn into a snake. He'd already picked it up. He's on his way to go do the call of God. But he had not circumcised his sons. She picks up some kind of cutting instrument. We hope it was a knife. We hope it was a scalpel. It was probably just a sharp rock. And on, in the middle of the road with an angel looking on, Zipporah, Moses's non-Hebrew wife, saves Moses's life and her two sons' lives when she circumcises them in the middle of the road. pieces at Moses' feet. And she said, you're a body man. I shouldn't have had to do that. You should have done it. Moses walks back into Israel. The Israelites, who weren't even the Israelites yet. They were just the Hebrews. He walks into Pharaoh's court. And he said, "Thus saith the Lord, let my people go." Who are you? Well, he knew who he was. They were family, by upbringing. Oh, Moses, you're looking pretty leathery, bud. Been in the wilderness dusty man yeah I am God said let my people go Moses takes his rod He throws it down it becomes a serpent starts sliding all over Pharaoh's court Pharaoh snaps his fingers here come his sorcerers they throw down their rods their rods become serpents. Moses was ready to run after one. But Moses sees his, his serpent go and eat the others. And then he picks it back up and it becomes a rod. It was the same rod that he used to smite the ground. Bugs come out. Dust, lice, swarms. Same rod that he dipped into the Nile River. And the Nile would turn to blood. And the fish would all die and start floating to the surface. The same rod that he would walk out to the Red Sea. Pharaoh's breathing down his neck, and the people are ready to kill him. God, I don't know what to do. What do you have in your hand? Got this rod, stretch it out. And he'd stretch his rod out over the Red Sea. And the Red Sea would part. A wall of water on each side, congealed, like they're walking through an aquarium. And the wind would blow, and the the sand that had been under water for all of time would dry out. They'd walk across on dry ground. And he'd get to the other side. And he'd look out and he'd see Pharaoh's army coming. God, what do I do now? Stretch out your rod again. Use what you have in your head use what you picked up along the way I come to preach to somebody tonight there's strength in you that you may not have ever gotten had you not walked through the wilderness but God wants to use that strength because you have it in your hand stretches his rod back out the sea comes back crashing in Pharaoh and his armies die the horses die the chariot wheels have come off I'm asking you tonight what do you have in your hand Whatever it is, God can use it for His glory. And before your life is over, you're going to be able to look and say, this is not my testimony, this is God's testimony. This is not look and see what I have done. This is look and see what the Lord has done. Some of you have some grit that you would have never had had you not walked through the valley of the shadow of death but it's in you. You've got grit in you. You've got iron in your soul. you got steel in your backbone because of what you've been through. And God said, I can use that for my glory. I wonder tonight if you'd bring whatever you have in your hand and you'd bring it to this altar and you would say, okay, God, I want this to transition. I want you to use this, God. I want you to use this for your glory. And every time Moses' arms would be lifted with the rod of God in his hand, the Amalekites would lose and the Israelites would win the battle. This is what I've got, God! Come on, God wants to use you. God wants to use what you've been given. God wants to use what you've been given. He wants to use use what's in your hand. I surrender all